Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's question comes from Sheila, who says, I have a 15-month-old and an almost three-year-old. The three-year-old has been in a toddler bed in his own room since he was 18 months, and 15-month-old is in his own room with a crib. Question is, how do I get both boys to sleep in the same room without risking one waking the other in the middle of the night, or without waking the other one with way too early morning rising, or when is the right age to have kids co-room slash bunk up question mark? Sheila, I avoided this by having a two bedroom house when my kids were little. So I wanted my own room, which meant that all three of my kids, two boys and a girl were in the same room for the first five years of their lives. And that was kind of a nightmare, but kind of solved the dilemma, which was when should this start happening? I feel like this is one of those classic things of like, when should I do this? It's a huge decision and there are pros and cons. And the fact is you just have to pull the ripcord on it at a certain point and get through the tough early days and then you'll be fine, which is how this works with most things. Like when should I potty train? When should I? There's really no right answer for when. It's just a question of like, how do I practically do this? I think you can do it whenever. I think if the 15 month old is waking up a lot during the night and you have the option of two rooms, I might prefer to just not deal with that right now and keep the 15-month-old by himself until he's really sleeping through solidly. Also, if you just start this, you'll find that it's okay. My two boys have shared a room since they were born. I think the key is just doing good sleep habits for both of them at the same time. With my two boys, this involves padding in a half an hour of nonsense before bedtime. So I want my kids asleep by 8.30. I send them to their room by 7.30, knowing that 7.30 to 8 is just going to be nonsense time where they're playing, they're wrestling, they're doing whatever they want to do upstairs in their room. Sometimes now they're playing separately or reading or whatever they're doing. Then at 8 o'clock, it's, okay, now it's time to get in your beds and read. And then at about 8.20, it's lights off. And then it's just constant reminders that it's time to be quiet until they go to actual sleep. And that works pretty well for us. I think the key is to say like, now it's both of us doing the same sleep routine in the same room. And so then they get in the habit and they get 
in the routine of like, we go into our rooms, we play for a little while, we both go to our separate sleeping areas, and then the expectation is that we are going to go to sleep. Then in the morning, if the 15-month-old is awake, if the three-year-old still needs sleep, he's probably going to sleep through. It might mean jumping up and grabbing the 15-month-old out of there right as soon as you start to hear him making noise. And for the three-year-old, if he's awake and the 15-month-old is still asleep, you know, we just set the expectation. When you're awake, you come out of your room. You can play in the living room or you can do whatever the morning thing in our house is, but you're out of the room. And so you just really set that room up as like a little bit of play, then it's sleep, then you come out of the room so that that is the sleeping chamber. And that's what happens in that room. If you're having trouble with it, you have the option, you have the extra bedroom, you can re-separate them. If it's not working, try again in six months. But it's really just about setting the expectation of this is how we behave in the bedroom. This is what happens here. And don't get hung up in your own mind of like, this is a huge decision and it's going to cost me my sleep. If it's costing you your sleep, go back to your previous system, try again in a little while. But if you set strong expectations about how you expect them to behave while sleeping in the room together, boom, you'll have them sleeping together in no time and it will be fine. My kids have done it for 11 years now. It's working out pretty well. Sheila, I hope that answers your question. If you have questions for myself or Amy, you can send them to us at questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. You could ask them on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhealthcast. And Amy and I might answer your question next. Thanks, Sheila. comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, 
You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.